Hey, welcome to another episode of the Study Faithfully podcast. My name is Sandy, and you guys know that I'll be your host. I hope you had an amazing week. Now, if you don't know, we've been going through the Gospel of Matthew together. And last week, we went over Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, all the way up to chapter 2, verse 12, which discusses the birth story of Jesus and the visit from the wise men in Bethlehem. And of course, you know, I'm going to say if you haven't already listened to that episode, go ahead and do that so you can get caught up to where we are now in our study in the book of Matthew. But this week, we're going to continue by studying Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 to 23. This section takes us on a journey of what happens after the wise men visit Jesus in Bethlehem and he and his parents, Mary and Joseph, end up back in Nazareth, which we're going to see why that is significant. I'm grateful that you're here. I hope you lean in and I pray that we will open up our hearts to receive the word that God has for us in Jesus's name. So I just want to start off by reading our key scripture for today's study. It's Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 to 23, and it says, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet, Out of Egypt I call my son. Then Herod, when he had saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he will be called a Nazarene. So based on our passage for this week, we'll be looking at a few key things. First, we'll explore why Jesus and his parents had to flee to Egypt. And then we'll look at why Matthew continues to emphasize what was spoken by the prophets in the Old Testament. And then we'll explore why the return to Nazareth is critical to who Jesus is and his ministry. So last week, we learned why his parents, Mary and Joseph, end up in Bethlehem, where they eventually give birth to Jesus. Due to a census, they travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem, which was actually ordained by God. Old Testament prophecies declare that Jesus would be from the line of David and would be from David's hometown of Bethlehem. While in Bethlehem, some wise men go and visit Jesus to worship him. But King Herod had become angered when he heard that the wise men had come looking to worship the new king of the Jews, considering he himself was also referred to as the king of the Jews. He ordered that the wise men report back to him where Jesus was born, but he claimed that it was so that he could go and worship Jesus. But in actuality, it was because he was plotting to kill Jesus. So the wise men didn't actually go back and report to him. They were warned in a dream to return to their home using another route, which they did obey. And this is interesting considering we don't know if these wise men were actually men of faith or not. So that leads us to where we are now in the story. So right from the beginning, verses 13 to 15 in chapter 2, 
We learn that Joseph has another encounter with an angel in a dream and is warned to flee to Egypt because King Herod wanted to kill Jesus. This is the second dream that we're told Joseph has. The first was about the birth of Jesus, and now this one is to flee to Egypt. He was told to stay there until he was instructed again to leave. Now, Egypt was about 90 miles away from Bethlehem, and Jesus and his parents would have been considered safe there because it was outside of the region where King Herod ruled as king. Apparently, Egypt was a place that the Jews would often flee to during times of difficulty. Also, by the time Jesus had been born, there were large communities of Jews that had been formed in Egypt. So it wasn't unusual for God to call Joseph to take refuge in Egypt. Joseph immediately obeyed the word of God once again, and overnight he headed for Egypt with Mary and Jesus. Verse 15 lets us know that they stayed there until the death of King Herod. Now Matthew also makes it clear that taking refuge in Egypt was all according to God's plan, because again, it was prophesied about in the Old Testament. The prophecy that is fulfilled here is found in Hosea 11, verse 1, which says, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. This prophecy by Hosea can be seen to have a double meaning. In the Old Testament, God led his chosen people Israel out of Egypt as they prepared to conquer the promised land. But here we will see that he will also lead Jesus out of Egypt as well. Now moving to verse 16, I'm going to read this again because there are a few things that I want to unpack here. It says, Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. So the first thing that we learn is that because Herod felt tricked by the wise men who didn't return to report to him where Jesus would be, he decided to have all the male children in Bethlehem killed since he couldn't precisely know where Jesus was. King Herod was clearly threatened that this newborn king of the Jews would take his place. But it's crazy because Jesus was only a child. And Jesus came to reign not as an earthly king, but as an eternal king. He is the king of kings. So Jesus' mission was not to take Herod's throne, but to rule in the hearts of all the nations. Secondly, he sent out an order for all male children to be killed in Bethlehem that was under the age of two. Now, how did King Herod figure that Jesus was younger than two years old at the time of this order? Well, going back to the passage from last week, Matthew 2 verse 7 says, Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star had first appeared. So using the estimate of when the star had first appeared, Herod was able to determine when Jesus was born. Also, for a little bit of background context, it is believed that at this time, because Bethlehem was a small town, there was probably only about 10 to 30 male children under the age of two. So if Joseph had stayed in Bethlehem and not obeyed the commands of God, it would not have been difficult to find Jesus and have him killed. In verse 17, Matthew again quotes from the Old Testament a prophecy concerning this event. He quotes from Jeremiah 31, 15 this time, which says, Thus says the Lord, A voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted for her children because they are no more. And for direct context of what this verse meant in the book of Jeremiah, in this prophecy, theologians believe that Jeremiah uses personification to describe Rachel, who is Jacob's second wife, crying out due to the exile of Israel that occurred in the Old Testament. She was also buried in Bethlehem, but Matthew uses this prophecy to correlate it to Rachel now crying out for the innocent children as King Herod orders for all children under the age of two to be killed. Now we're going to move on to Matthew 2, verses 19 to 23. 
Here, for the third time, we're told that an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, but this time to leave Egypt and return to Israel after King Herod died. And of course, again, he immediately left and went to Israel. King Herod reigned as king from 37 BC to 4 BC, and in 4 BC, he passed away from an incurable disease. But before he died, he gave his kingdom over to his three sons, who all took over certain regions within Israel. So in verse 22, it says that Joseph was afraid to go to Judea, which is in Israel, because he heard that Herod's son Archelaus was king in Judea. Archelaus ruled in Judea, Samaria, and Idumea from 4 BC to AD 6. He was apparently just as harsh as his dad, King Herod, and at the beginning of his reign, he had about 3,000 people slaughtered. Joseph then has another dream and is warned by God to go to Nazareth in Galilee instead. This is where both Joseph and Mary were from, and it is a small town. This small town was often despised by the Jews, but notice in verse 23, Matthew again mentions another prophecy that fulfills the event of Jesus' migrating to Nazareth. Verse 23 says, And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. But this time, Matthew says that this was spoken by prophets, plural, instead of one specific prophet like the other two prophecies. This is because there are no direct prophecies in the Old Testament that mention Jesus being called a Nazarene. Rather, the general message in the Old Testament was that Jesus would be despised, just as the town of Nazareth was despised. For example, Isaiah 49, 7 says, Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One. To one deeply despised, abhorred by the nation, the servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord, who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. This is also why in John chapter 1, verse 46, Nathaniel questions Jesus' origin. While having a conversation with Philip, another disciple, it says that Nathaniel said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. So what can we conclude about all of this? Well, first of all, all throughout this story, we can see how God orchestrates the events surrounding Jesus's life to ensure that all the prophecies that were spoken about him came to pass. Secondly, we can see that God constantly speaks to Joseph and gives him the instructions he needs surrounding the fulfillment of these events. And not once do we see Joseph questioning the instructions of God. He always immediately obeys what God reveals to him. And lastly, Jesus wasn't born into some prestige family, though spiritually he was because he was born of the line of David. But in the natural, he was born of two ordinary people. And not only that, he grew up in a town that was despised by most. And all throughout Matthew's gospel, you'll see that Jesus was indeed despised by many, especially the religious leaders. They refused to believe that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. They were blinded. But this should all encourage us. I want to remind you that God is sovereign. He orchestrates the details of our lives on our behalf so that his promises about us can come to pass. But the greatest promise we can ever receive is salvation through Jesus Christ. This promise is eternal. All the other things that God chooses to do in our lives are just bonuses and they won't last forever. But his grace, his love, his salvation lasts forever. And I also want to warn you not to ever despise Jesus as some do. Even still today, there are those who choose to reject Jesus. But stick close to him. Give him everything you have, especially your life and your heart. It's worth it. So can anything good come out of Nazareth? The answer to that is absolutely. And his name is Jesus, the one who saves the world from sin. 
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Study Faithfully podcast. Next week, we'll be studying Matthew chapter three. So if you want to go ahead and read that ahead of time, you can definitely do that so we can prepare for the next study. But in the meantime, if you haven't followed us on social media yet, you can go ahead and do that. Follow us at Study Faithfully on all major platforms. Also, if you have any questions, testimonies, prayer requests, you can contact us on social media or through our email at hello at studyfaithfully.com. Have a great week and I'll see you here soon. Thank you.